Sometimes when recording this show, we use the conference room in our neighborhood donut shop. It has a really great atmosphere, windows all around so people can see us recording, and the acoustics are pretty good. The cost is about $12 an hour to rent, and every time I request to reserve it, it's always available. Keep that in mind as I continue. Here at Owls, we started to experience growth at a rate that warrants getting office space. The first place I thought about was this nice donut shop. So the next time I used the space, I asked the manager to give the owner my business card to rent the space on a more long-term basis. I told the manager that I'd be willing to offer between $8 and $10 an hour for larger chunks of time as opposed to the current rate of $12. He proceeded to tell me that was the standard rate of the space. I countered and made the argument that if you let me talk to the owner, he would understand that he would be making more money from just me that he currently gets. I backed up this claim by stating that there has never been a time I have requested the space and it was not available, which seems to suggest that it was not rented often. The manager once again told me that this is the rate and it would not be changed and handed me my business card back. A few days later, we found a really nice space down the street from the donut shop and will more than likely be moving there in the next couple of weeks, paying more than we would have at the donut shop. My point is this, Entrepreneurship has a language, and it's only understood by other entrepreneurs. That manager didn't understand the value that I was offering because he did not understand the language that I was speaking. However, if he had allowed me to talk to the owner, even if he had ultimately said no, he would have instantly understood the value of my proposal. He would have instantly understood that his donut shop would be generating even more revenue from not only the relationship I was trying to establish because I would be paying him rent, but from the donuts, sandwiches, and anything else or the clients I would bring in would buy. I'm not sure if the owner of that donut shop would ever hear this episode, but if he does, he may have a long talk with his general manager. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... You asked for it and now it's here. Our first line of gear for the startup life is now available. Now you're able to tell the world not only do you support the show, but the type of entrepreneur that you are. Choose between the label yourself, create your own destiny, and how to make money t-shirts to help tell the story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. Today we're talking about the language of entrepreneurship, Startup Nation. Understand that to be successful in this life of entrepreneurship, to be successful on the path of entrepreneurship, you have got to know the language. You have to understand the language because if you don't, you will miss opportunities. People will take advantage of you and you ultimately will not maximize your potential as an entrepreneur. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more unformatted because when I talk to my entrepreneurial friends and we have discussions like these, there are certain things and phrases that I can say to them that I can't really say to like my family or my parents because 
they don't understand the language of entrepreneurship. And it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those things where if I were to say uh, my phone is more valuable than my house, if I said that to my parents, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Or if I said that to my you know, friends or family, what the hell are you talking about? If I were to say that to another entrepreneur, they instantly understand what I'm saying. So we'll talk about uh, things like that in today's episode. I hope you're ready to receive some great value and let's take flight. Startup Nation, I think the first thing I want to talk about is how we as entrepreneurs view money. Now, don't get me wrong. We need money to survive in this society. You got to buy food put a roof over your head. I get the whole idea. But the thing is, is that a lot of times my non-entrepreneur friends or family or my parents sometimes, they always ask, what about the money? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? And granted, that's a real fear, right? And as entrepreneurs, we take on that risk. But at the same time, they don't understand that we don't do what we do as entrepreneurs for the money. We do it for the imagination of what can be. We do it for the passion that we have that drives us. That's why when you see entrepreneurs sink like tons and millions and millions and millions of dollars into an idea, and it takes years and years for it to come to fruition, that's because they're always tinkering, always trying to figure out. And the greatest asset of entrepreneur is the fact that they're a problem solver. As an entrepreneur, I feel like there's not one problem that I cannot solve. And that problem could be day-to-day stuff, whether it be how to get groceries for the next week or how to pay my car note or my mortgage for the next month. Entrepreneurs don't really care about the money. I know that seems weird because we see a lot of entrepreneurs who are worth billions and billions of dollars, right? But the thing is, if you ask them a lot of times how much they're worth or how much money they have, honestly, a lot of them don't know because they're not sitting at home counting their money or they're not like, you know, in a vault with Scrooge McDuck swimming in gold coins. They're just not because that's not where their passion is. Their passion is not getting money. Their passion is what their driving force is. And the byproduct is them just so happen to be getting money. And so with that being said, when it comes to money and value systems and things of that nature, you know, I tell kids that I mentor and people that I talk to all the time that my phone is more valuable than my house. My computer is more valuable than my house. They look me in my face like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, what are you saying right now? The thing is, is that When I tell this to another entrepreneur or one of my entrepreneurial friends, they instantly get it because what they're understanding is this. You know, in this day and age, how technology works, how you can be on Instagram or Facebook and make a whole bunch of money, you know, or create things on your phone, whether it be a spreadsheet or documents or how we make covers for our uh, resources uh, on our website, we understand that that is a money generator. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, your house is a money generator too, you know, like even now because, you know, home uh, home values are rising. But the thing is, your phone and your and your computer can be money generators. And for us, since a lot of our content that we do has to do with technology, our phones and our computer and our laptops and things of that nature, those are money generators. And so those things can generate capital a lot faster than just waiting for your house to, you know, appreciate in value. Now, granted, you can, you know, with your house, uh, make upgrades and, you know, that will generate, you know, uh, value as well. But that costs money. But the things that we make on our phones is costing us time. It's not costing us money, but it's costing us time. And so 
when it comes to money, like I get it, you know, I, I, I get like, you know, money is the driving force for a lot of people. Money is a driving force for, you know, to do like nice things like go on vacation and send your kids to college and, you know, buy a house or wherever the case may be. But the thing is, we don't do this for the money. We just don't. And if anybody tells you that they are entrepreneur for the money, then they're probably not an entrepreneur. Because the thing is, is that you're so focused on the process. You're so focused on the task at hand. You're not thinking about the money. The money is second nature. Right. And even if it's a situation where you're in a tight spot and you do need money, your entrepreneurial mindset, which comes with that problem solving um, setting, knows that you can get money for a quick fix of something whenever you get ready to. So that's not the drive. And so a lot of people who don't understand the language of entrepreneurship don't get that. Another thing, Startup Nation, is that to the entrepreneur who speaks the entrepreneurial language, time is so important. Because the thing is, like, you know, we talked about money in the last segment. You can get money back, but you can't get back time. And so I recently told my family, like, you know, look, I love you guys dearly, okay? But I have to go to another place right now. Not like I got to go to San Juan, Puerto Rico, or something like that. But I mean, like, in my head, in my head, mentally, I have to go to another place. Which means that I can't come to family functions as often. I can't come... And out to eat with you as often. I can't call you and check on you as often. It's not a slight to you. It's not that I don't love you because I love you dearly. And we're, you know, and we tell them all the time how much we love their support and this, that, and the other. But you have to understand that I'll explain it like this. For people who have a nine to five job, right? When you go to your nine to five job, you know, you're you're helping producing to the overall cause of your company, right? But when you take a vacation or a sick day. That company is still moving forward, okay? That company is still generating revenue. That company is still, you know, moving in the right direction. Unless you're being ran badly, but that's another episode. But when you're an entrepreneur and your time is important and you're spending that time doing something besides building the business, your company's not moving forward. It's just not. So when you're at the family function, or you're calling somebody, it's like, don't get me wrong, like, that's valuable time, and you should all, you, you should always have a balance in life, right? But at the same time, it's like, your competition is gaining on you. They are. And so my family, you know, your family is going to tell you all the time, oh, you're working too much. It's easy for you to say, because you're still getting a check. There's still a job waiting for you, but if I'm not working and I'm not grinding, then, you know, I don't eat. If I don't grind, I don't eat. And most entrepreneurs live that life. They understand exactly what I'm saying. If you don't grind, you don't eat. And you want to eat because eating is not only, you know, food is delicious. Don't get me wrong. But you need that to survive. And if you have a family, oh, man, that raised the stakes, doesn't it? And so the essence of time is so important to the entrepreneur. And so when people, you know, for my entrepreneurs who have their home-based businesses, you know, when people see that you work from home, a lot of times family members ask you to run errands for them or to come do this or come do that. They just assume that in their head, that if you're at home, you ain't doing nothing. They're not understanding that you're not that you're working. And so we had to have a lot of conversations with family members like, look, just because I'm at home doesn't mean I'm not working. Just because I'm at home 
doesn't mean I'm not building my business. Okay. And so people who don't speak the language don't understand that. And, you know, there's a way to, you know, tactfully, of course, to explain that to them. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to be stern. And sometimes you just have to, like, put your foot down like, hey, I can't run that errand for you. Because that 30 minutes, and to them, it's like, it's just 30 minutes. It's just an hour. But that 30 minutes or that hour is not could be vital. Because not only is it important for you to, you know, stick to your schedule, that 30 minutes or that hour, you can't get back. You can't get it back. Three o'clock to four o'clock on May 17th of 2017 will never happen again. It will never happen again. It happened one time, you know, in the history time, and it will never happen again. You'll have another May 17th, but it'll be 2018. It'll be 2019, 2020. But May 17th, 2017, you can never get back. And so entrepreneurs understand that. They understand that part of the language, that time, you can't reverse time. We haven't figured out that science yet, right? So until we figure out that science, we understand that our time is everything, which is why some people only answer emails once a week. Some people don't always answer the phone because a lot of times when people call an entrepreneur and they know who's on the other end. It's like, nah, man, this is going to be a two-hour conversation of nothing. I ain't got time for that. I got, I got, I got invoices to send out. I got, I got shipping and receiving. I got to deal with. I got some other logistics I got to deal with. So, understand that in the language of entrepreneurship, that essence of time. I know, you know, the cliche "time is money." It, it's true. It's true. I mean, I could just be like, you know, that ain't the issue, but it's true. Time is money. To the entrepreneur. And so when you understand that language and you speak to somebody who understands that language, you don't have to explain it because they already understand. They already understand. Startup Nation, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're seen as assholes. We're not assholes. We're just very stern. It's just that we don't have time for a lot of Whatever, hoopla, jargon, nonsense, whatever, whatever fits your fancy. We don't have a lot of time for it because we're we're too busy trying to build our business or uh, stick to the task at hand. But a lot of times we're seen as assholes because a lot of a lot of us are are very successful. We make a lot of money in our business and they think that that's all that really matters. But the thing is, is that when you're an entrepreneur, you have to take the emotion out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't have a heart. I'm not saying like did you know do what some actual asshole did to those the Syrian refugees selling them uh those uh fake life jackets that were actually not, you know, just regular foam in there, not flotation device in foam or whatever the case may be, forgive my ignorance. Like that's an asshole. But what I am talking about is when you say you don't have time for something or you don't want to do something. I I I I get in my inbox on Facebook uh, and on Instagram, a lot of times people trying to sell me something or even in person, they're trying to sell me something that I'm not interested in. And so they become really pushy and they become very, you know, sales oriented, if you will. But the thing is, I usually stop them in the middle of the sentence like, look, I appreciate the pitch, but I'm not interested. Okay. And a lot of times that rubs people the wrong way or uh, like we talked about the uh, the instance, like with family, like, can you run this errand? Oh, it's only 30 minutes. Like 30 minutes to you 
is in 30 minutes to me, I, I value that 30 minutes way more than you do, or I value that 30 minutes a lot differently than you do. Right. So I can't do that for you. And so a lot of times when we're stern, we're seen as assholes. Look, we're not assholes. OK, it's just that we don't have time to deal with the jargon. We don't have time to deal with the back and forth. So the quickest way to get out of this situation or out of this scenario is to be stern and concise, because that's all it really is. Right. We're stern and we're concise. We mean business and we're straight to the point. There's not a whole like 360 lollygag beating around the bush, ring around the rosy type of stuff going on. Right. Because if you go back to the last segment we just talked about, we don't have time. We don't have time for that type of ring around the rosy, you know, whatever. So when somebody calls you an asshole, don't say, you know. Don't say thank you. I appreciate it because you definitely don't. You definitely don't want to be a real asshole. That that's really being an asshole, where you're embracing the asshole mantra, right? And that's not what entrepreneurship is all about. Being an, being an entrepreneur is not about being an asshole. What being an entrepreneur is is about being able to value your time and letting people understand that look, we don't have time for this, okay? And in effort to save not only myself time and save you time, I'm just going to go ahead and shut this down now. Okay. Or I'm just going to go ahead and not go to this family function, or I'm going to just go ahead and just be like, no, or don't answer the phone. Okay. So just know that my non-entrepreneur friends who will listen to the startup life right now, we're not being assholes. Entrepreneurs are not being assholes, nor should they accept the asshole moniker or title or cape or, you know, asshole, A on your chest, whatever the case may be. But just understand that we're trying to stay focused on the task at hand. Because I tell a lot of people all the time, being an entrepreneur is kind of like being an actor. Okay? And so you know how, one, you know, whether it be a Denzel Washington or Russell Crowe or anybody else. Like, a lot of times actors, when they get off set, they stay in character. So that way the transition to go back into character once you know the cameras are rolling is not not too hard and you can just go very back seamlessly into that character because you you stayed in character so entrepreneurship is like that and so like even when we're not in business mode or working on the business we're in business mode because we're in our head so often that we're still in character and a lot of times people see that as dismissive or being an asshole or whatever the case may be and we're not we're not. We're we're people. We have feelings, and we don't. We're not trying to make anyone feel bad. No, no true entrepreneur is is about that life. Okay, so understand that we don't embrace the asshole moniker, but just understand that we're stern, we're concise, and we're trying to stay and stick to the task at hand. And so, um, just know that. My entrepreneurs, like when I talk, have a conversation, they get it all the time. But when I talk to people who are not entrepreneurs, I'm just an asshole. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you're getting great value from this episode so far. My name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life.
If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are Carmen Coraline. All right, Startup Nation, so we're back. Another thing about the language of entrepreneurship is how we define success, okay? A lot of times to the non-entrepreneur, uh, and I keep saying non-entrepreneur, I don't want this to be like I'm trying to like, you know, put you down or wrong or something like that. I'm just making a differentiated statement, okay? So, you know, go, go back to the previous segments to know that I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just making a differentiating statement. But a lot of times to the non-entrepreneur, success is defined as billions of dollars or millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or a whole bunch of money. But that's not true. OK, I got a friend who runs a personal training business and, you know, and th there's months where he's 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 scrapping pennies together, but he deems himself really successful. Why? Because with his personal fitness business, he's changing lives. He is seeing people come into his gym and change the trajectory of their life. And in most instances, adding years to their life. Right. Because, you know, how personal training is, you know, well, you know, you know how the fitness industry is. People come in. They're trying to shed some pounds, shed some weight. But what this guy's doing, they're not only doing that, but they, they got like a nutrition plan and an exercise plan where we're talking about long sustaining success. That to the entrepreneur is success. That is what he's driving for every single day when he drive when he's trying to push the clients in his gym to, you know, reach their uh, nutritional goals, their exercising goals, or their weight goals. So we have to get out of this mindset that success is defined by a dollar sign because it's not. And so when I talk to my other friends who run businesses, they instantly get that. I don't have to explain it because they already know like success for me is to be able to send my kid to college. That's what defines success for me. Success for me is to have very happy customers. Success for my friend is to change people's lives. The only person who can define success as an entrepreneur is that entrepreneur. Nobody else can define that because nobody else knows what the goal is but that entrepreneur. So if that entrepreneur is the only one who can define the goal, he's the only one who can define the vision, then he is the only one who can define the success. I say he, but I mean entrepreneurs, you know, men, women, alien, dog, whatever the case may be. But my point is this. Only the entrepreneur can define what success is to them. Nobody else can do that. You can't come from the outside looking in and say he has a ratty gym or his restaurant looks like crap. What I am saying is that you can't come in come from the outside looking in and define success to somebody else because the thing is first of all you don't even know what it took for them to get there okay you know it, it took a lot of scratching and clawing and late nights and and early mornings to get to that point and so if they are hitting their goals if they're hitting what marks success for them they're successful they're wildly successful entrepreneurs who understand the language understand that that is what being an entrepreneur is all about you Define your success, you define your path, and you define your destiny.
Nobody else can do that for you. Not somebody who sits on the sidelines and not somebody who was not courageous enough to journey on that path themselves. Because that's ultimately who who attaches those dollar signs or attaches what success looks like, right? It's a lot of times, you know, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's the honest truth. A lot of times people who say, oh, you're not successful are the people who are scared to jump off that, that cliff themselves. So only an entrepreneur can define their own success, plain and simple. Another thing, you know, as we speak about the language of entrepreneurship is how we see competition. Now, granted, if you're running a business, you have competition. You know, you've heard of SWOT analysis and terms like that, right? But when we separate the business from the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur has no competition. The competition is the person they see in the mirror every single day because they're they're their worst critic. They're the person they have to that holds them accountable is the person they see in the mirror. That's who holds them accountable. That's who's their worst critic. And so a lot of times people do what I like to call go chasing money. And what they do is that they go look and see what the competition is doing. It's like, oh, I got to go do that. I got to go do this. He has red balloons outside. I got to go get red balloons. He has blue balloons outside. I got to go get blue balloons. He He's shifted his business from catering to event planning. I got to do the same thing. Because he's being successful or she's being successful. But when you're an entrepreneur, you compete with yourself. You're bettering yourself. Being an entrepreneur is like playing golf, right? You're just trying to beat the previous score you had before. Or it's like, you know, what I did in high school, uh, rifle shooting. It was air rifle, not real. But, you know, uh, when I competed in uh, ROTC on the rifle team, I was always trying to beat my previous score because that's my competition, it's not like basketball where I'm going to try to dunk on somebody or cross them over or something like that. My competition is clearly in front of me. But entrepreneurship is a lot like golf or, like I said, the rifle team or whatever, where you're trying to beat your previous self. You're trying to compete with your previous self. And so that's why as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to strive to get better and better and better. And that's why we're always reading books. And that's why we're always mentor, uh, getting mentored. And that's why we're always networking. And that's why we're always looking at YouTube videos to figure out, you know, what different ideas and concepts I can come up with to infuse into my business, right? Now, don't get me wrong, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, seeing what other people are doing to see if you get inspired by something. But to totally change your idea and your personality and your business and your path to entrepreneurship to mimic somebody else, that's the wrong path, my friend. And I bring this up in the language of entrepreneurship because a lot of times people who aren't fluent in the language tell you, oh, you should do what Sally is doing. You know, Joe, he, you know, he, he switched everything over to, uh, with, uh, automation and, you know, he's making a killing. But what if your business and your industry does better with one-on-one interaction with the person. I feel like automation is going to set you back even further. So understanding that you're competing with yourself, you're competing with the previous you. You know, when we go back to that, you know, that date example I gave earlier, May 17th, 2018, you is trying to beat May 17th, 2017 you, okay? That's the competition, not the next entrepreneur. The competition is you, the dude or the woman you see in the mirror. That's the competition. That's the dude you got to beat. That's the dude you got to beat to a pulp. That's the guy you have to annihilate. That's who you have to crush. So a lot of times, you know, people talking about, but what about what they're doing, what they're doing? No, 
You have to beat yourself because the thing is, is like only you define your path. You can't let, because giving somebody, you know, trying to beat somebody else is letting them define your path. And this is entrepreneurship, Startup Nation. Why we let anybody else define anything for us? Entrepreneurship is our path, our goal, our drive, our business, our entrepreneurial mindset. You're giving power to somebody else who doesn't deserve it. It's not their path. It's not their ways. It's not their goals. It's not their business. And so people who are entrepreneurs understand that. My friends who I talk to all the time, they understand that. People who are not entrepreneurs, they don't understand that. They just don't. Because they're. I can't tell you how many times... People tell us with owls, you should do this. This is how they're doing it. They're getting, they're getting contracts, you know, and that, and that's, that's how all consultants do it. That's, that's the way to do it. I'm like, nah, forget that. I want to redefine what that means. Yeah, we will have some contract days, but I want also, I want to redefine with the podcast, the startup life. I want to redefine it with our, our web series, Pedagogy After Dark, and now Selling Before Sunrise. I want to do it with that. I don't have to do it the way they do it. But Dominic, they make millions of dollars. I don't care. I do not care. It's not my way. It's not my path. I'm not giving them the power to define what I'm about to do. This is my journey. This is my goal. This is my path. When I say my, I mean me and Kendall's, but but you get the point I'm trying to make, okay? Trying to go chase money and do what other people are doing is not the path of the entrepreneur. It is... It's not the language of the entrepreneur. We don't do that. That's the language we don't understand. And so trying to explain that to people who who are not entrepreneurs, it can get a, a, a bit rough because they don't get it. But, you know, try to explain to them, like, I have to do it my way. Like Frank Sinatra, I got to do it my way. I have to do it my way because if I don't do it my way, I might as well just stay to my nine to five job. Because I got into entrepreneurship to do it this way. And people who understand the language of entrepreneurship know exactly what I'm talking about. And lastly, Startup Nation, but certainly not least, when it comes to customers, we know for a fact that they are everything. Customers and clients and people, they're everything. They're everything. And so we understand where we can't treat them a certain way. We understand that we have to give every single person the best possible experience every single time. And so people who don't have the entrepreneurial mindset or don't understand that language, they're always saying that, oh, you can take a playoff. You're, you're supposed to have 300 people in your venue. 25 is okay. You can, you, you can take a playoff. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We know that if we get only those 25 people, we have to give them the absolute best show service because those 25 people can go tell 25 more people that, man, you missed a, an event. You missed a show. You missed some grade A quality service. You missed a grade A product. And so we know that the customers are the ones who put the roof over our head, put foods in our belly, sends our kids to college. The language dictates that. The language makes us understand that. This craft of entrepreneurship, it's no joke. There are many bends and valleys and, and, and sharks waiting for you to get you. But we understand that customers come first. They come absolutely first. And we understand that every single customer 
has the potential to be the game changer in your business. It only takes one. And so that's why we don't we don't we don't understand the phrase that's good enough. What the hell does that even mean? That's good enough. No, it's not good enough. This can be better because the customer wants that. The customer needs that. The customer has earned that. The language of entrepreneurship dictates that. The language of entrepreneurship understands that the customer has earned to have your best, your absolute unequivocal best. And so when people say that nobody's going to notice, yeah, they will. They'll notice. They may not say anything, but they'll notice. And and if they do say something, that means it was terrible. Because a lot of times people, you know, out of being kind and not rude, they'll just let stuff go and they won't say anything, right? But if they say something and they say, man, this steak was a little salty. That means it was really salty. Now, if the steak was actually just a little salty, they probably wouldn't say anything. They probably just wouldn't come back. But if they actually come out and say, man, this steak was it was kind of salty, man. They really had a bad experience. And as a and as an entrepreneur, it eats you alive. It 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 because the thing is, like, you crafted this thing. You created this thing and somebody has rejected it. And so in trying to always make the product or the service better and better and nurture it to get better and be the best that it possibly be for your customer, we understand that. In the language of entrepreneurship, we understand that. We understand there is no such thing as good enough. Doesn't exist. Good enough does not exist. I tell this story all the time. I probably told it on the podcast in the, in the past, but if I have, forgive me, I'm about to tell it again. Michael Jackson and Thriller. He hated Thriller. He thought it was terrible. We regard it as one of the greatest music videos of all time. It wasn't good enough. That's the type of entrepreneurship passion that you have to have. And that's the type of entrepreneurship gumption that your customers have come to respect, deserve, but ultimately earned. So here's my final take, Startup Nation. Our craft comes with this language, like English, Spanish, Portuguese, German, whatever. It comes with this language that you must understand, that you must speak fluently. Not basic understanding, not a functional understanding. You must speak it fluently because if you don't, you've wasted all your time. You're doing your business a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. But ultimately, if you have a family, you're doing your family a disservice. You must learn the language of entrepreneurship. So that's going to do it, Startup Nation. I hope you got some great value from this episode. Uh, went a bit longer than I expected, but like I said, when I talk to my friends about the language of entrepreneurship, it really, you know, it really goes for like three, four hours of having this conversation. So I wanted to bring that to you, Startup Nation. And I hope you got value from it. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life the startup life.